Today is going to be a very special day. Today is Ascension Sunday. Uh, and in a minute, I'm going to explain what it is that we're doing, but just a couple of logistical things. We're actually going to do things very differently this morning. We're going to start off with, uh, with communion, the Lord's Supper. Um, so we're asking you to hold your kids here for just a few minutes. And um, when we're done with that, we're going to move through the entire service. Um, what we're doing today is celebrating the presence of God. But it's a little bit odd to say we're celebrating the presence of God one week because in reality, we celebrate God's presence all the time. We celebrate God because God has always been trying to reveal himself to us. Sometimes it seems strange because we're, you know, where is God or is God present? And the whole time God's going, I'm here, I'm right here, I want to show you. And so, and from the very beginning, God came up with something tangible that we could see. And that tangible thing is light. In the very beginning, God said, let there be light. When he comes to Moses, he comes in the form of a bush that's on fire, a burning bush. When the Israelites are walking through the wilderness, during the day they see a pillar of cloud, but at night it's a pillar of fire. When Jesus was coming, even before he was born, the wise men knew to go because there was a star. And not just a star. Something about this star was so unusual that everybody saw it and everybody knew. Something really, really bright, even in the midst of the darkness. Jesus says, I am the light. He said, you are the light. And so today we're going to go on a wonderful celebration. We're going to go on a tour, if you will. And this tour is going to be from Easter all the way through the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. So we want to start off this morning with just a little bit of light. So if you will, for just a minute, go with me. Um, when you have somebody over to your house, how many of you love to entertain? Anybody love to be the one? Okay. Um, I love to entertain. Now, I don't love to be the guy out front saying hi. Catherine and I have this agreement. I'll make the house beautiful, I'll cook all the food, I will wait on you hand and foot, it'll actually be a little obnoxious. And Catherine's the one that greets you at the door, and Catherine's the one that hugs you. Catherine asks great questions. She is so wonderful at conversation. One of my favorite things is to have you over in the evening, because in the evening I can change the mood simply by changing the lighting. Uh, when we redid our house, we had every light in the house is on a dimmer so that I can make it go up or down. And my favorite thing is to have dinner with you by candlelight. So I want to invite you into a dinner. It's a small dinner. It takes place in an upper room. It's a very special time because it's a holiday. It's, it's the holiday. Now, for us, we would say, oh, Thanksgiving or, or Christmas. But in this environment, it's, it's the holiday. It's the most important one. This is the one that inaugurates the idea that as a people, we are free. As a people, we are free at a cost. And so go with me to this party, if you will, this dinner. It's light, but it's soft. And so, Beth, I'm going to ask you to come up. And Beth's going to lead us into the most important part of this dinner, and that's our sharing of the Lord's Supper. Jesus. Jesus, risen and exalted. 
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Now we draw near in the presence of our Savior, who on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Is the Father with us? Yes. Is Christ among us? Is the Spirit here? Spirit. We are His people. And therefore, by taking this bread and this cup, we proclaim the mystery of our faith. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on Him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Christ, our Passover lamb, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. You're invited to come down the center aisle. We'll meet you with bread. You can go to either side for wine, and we'll have grape juice here on the, uh, your right. We invite you to come.
conquer the grave, oh Emmanuel. You are God with us. Our deliverer, you are Savior. In your presence we find our strength over everything. Our to which they were going, he walked ahead, as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. And so he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, and he blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? In that same hour, they got up and they returned to Jerusalem 
And they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. And they were saying, the Lord is risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of bread. And while they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. And they were startled and terrified and thought that they were seeing a ghost. And he said to them, why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch and see, a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? And so they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. Please be seated. You ever heard the phrase, it's the hope that will kill you? If not, you're clearly not a Georgia Bulldogs football fan. Um, we moved to Georgia in 1978, and it was late 78. And I came from Texas, and of course, I was not a Longhorns fan. I was an Aggies fan, of course, when the Aggies were horrible. So I saw this as a great opportunity to adopt a new team in my new land, and it was going to be great. And then the next year, we won the national championship, and I thought, bingo. And then the Lord took us into the wilderness. <laughs> We've won twice in a row. If we three-peat, I think I might decide to believe that it's real. Because I'm a Georgia fan. I mean, uh, I know that the, that the Braves won the World Series, but I'm not 100% sure that it was real. And the reason is because I wasn't there. I didn't watch any of the games. I didn't go to any of the games. None of my friends invited me, you know, none of my wealthy friends invited me to go and sit in the Lexus level. And so I heard that it happened, but I didn't see it. Now, can I ask you, what would it have been like to see it? You've spent generation after generation waiting being told that he's coming. So many millennia now that it's just part of your natural culture, but it's probably not really real. It's kind of, you know, a story we tell ourselves. And then this wonderful man shows up, and he looks you in the eye, and he sees your soul. And you're watching with your own eyes as people who can't walk are walking. People who can't see are seeing. People who are in captivity are being set free, literally, right in front of you. One day he's teaching, and because you have a kind of a logistical mind, let's just all pretend you're Morgan Seidel for a minute. And you're looking around at thousands of people, and wonderful things are happening, and all you can think is, Oh my, they've been here for nine hours. How are we going to feed these people? And so you go up and you whisper in Jesus' ear, Hey, um, dinner plans? 
And Jesus says, what you got? And you run around the crowd and you find one kid with a happy meal. <laughs> Jewish version. And you bring it to Jesus. And Jesus says, great, everybody sit down. And he begins to break the bread and give out the fish. And you're watching as this one little piece becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And before you know it, everybody's sitting down. And you know what it's like when you have a big, giant family picnic. People are laughing and cutting up, and kids are running around doing unimportant stuff, bothering everybody. And you're sitting there staring at your empty Happy Meal box going, how on earth did this happen? Because you saw it with your own eyes. I personally, I just can't imagine what it felt like when they watched him die. I mean, have you ever been absolutely, unequivocally certain that something was true and then have it proven wrong? Do you know? Can you remember what that feels like? That, that soul-tearing, gut-wrenching, life-altering ache because you bet everything on this. And now you can hear them driving nails into your hope. They've hung your future on a tree. He cried out, and he's gone. I can't imagine those three days. I can't imagine sitting in that upper room. What am I going to do? I guess I go back and fish. Can you imagine poor Matthew going, do I have to go back and be a tax collector again? Do I have to go back to everybody hating me? I don't want to go back there. I don't want to do that ever again. Simon, should I pick up my sword? It had to feel like they were totally alone. One of my greatest friends taught me this phrase. It isn't true, but it feels true. It isn't true but it feels true. It isn't true that they were alone, but it felt like it. Can you, just, can you just linger in that with me for just maybe 30 seconds? Just try, try, try to suspend the idea that you know what's happening next. And can you just dwell with them? Just, everybody shut your eyes for a minute. Try and feel Mary Magdalene's heart. What if they come back, she thinks. The one who drove them away is gone. He's dead. Are they going to come back? Am I going to be alone? And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth in the light. Now open your eyes. Imagine, if you will, how wonderful it felt when you realized he wasn't dead. I mean, can you just, okay, so first, there's Mary. She doesn't even recognize his face, but the moment she hears him say her name, because Jesus says, my sheep, I'm their shepherd, my sheep know my voice. You imagine what happened in her heart. 
I love, Beth, thank you so much for reading that. And that's my, one of my favorite scriptures. Wasn't our heart burning inside of us? What's burning? Fire. Light. Jesus comes and breaks bread for two guys that apparently aren't significant enough for us to know their names. I don't take that as a slight. I take that as universal. Let me ask you, how many times have you felt a burning in your heart? You can't put your finger on it, but you just know, right? Maybe it was the first time you saw her. Maybe it was the first time he asked you out. Maybe it was the first time you stepped to the plate and you just knew you were the one who was going to hit the ball. Do you ever have that? that? That deep in your heart, no, that burning in your heart. Maybe it was, I'll work for food, and you just couldn't drive by. Maybe you circled around and went to the closest ATM because you just couldn't drive. You didn't know why. You just knew. Weren't our hearts burning in our chests when he was explaining Scripture to us? And then suddenly in the midst of that burning, you run back to town and you burst in and you start telling everybody, he's real. It's real. And suddenly there's Jesus and it's Peter. And it's Andrew, and it's James, and it's John. Suddenly it's real. It's really, really real. Let me ask you something this morning. Have you come to the place where you know, you know that it's really, really real? I, was, I gave my life to Jesus when I was nine. I grew up. I grew up in seminary. My dad was a pastor. His dad was a pastor. All my uncles were pastors. Um, I got to Bible college, and they, I was kind of young and arrogant and thought I knew everything, and my professors were done with me by the second week. I was a pastor of a church for 10 years, but I didn't know that I knew that I knew until I was 49 years old. Andy was there. Have you got to the place where you know that you know that you know that it's real, that this is really real? Not just, oh, my parents told me it was real. Not just I go to church on Sunday, it's real. Not just Christmas feels so pretty when we light all the candles. But I mean on the rubber, on the road, real life. Oh, my gosh. Jesus is real. This Holy Spirit thing is true because my heart is burning, burning in my chest. Debbie, will you read for us? A reading from Luke 24, 48 to 53. You are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. The Gospel of the Lord. 
A reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from the heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in each other's tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them. Now there were there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've just had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the cloud, fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Real. Real. You know the thing that's great about real is it comes in, in measurements. You can have a little real. And you can have a lot of real. Or you can have completely real. I just find it fascinating that when Jesus said, I'm going to pour out my Holy Spirit on you, that these guys weren't terrified. If you read the Old Testament, this is not the, Acts is not the first time that the Holy Spirit showed up and indwelt somebody. But in the Old Testament, this was not a, <laughs> this was not a subdued environment. People would be thrown on the ground. They would, they would begin to speak in languages that they'd never spoken. They'd begin to prophesy 
And, and the cool thing was, God did this whether the person was worthy or not. Sometimes we see the Holy Spirit being poured out on, on people who are serving and are deeply devoted. King Nebuchadnezzar had the Holy Spirit overwhelm him, and he began to prophesy. So the fact that these guys weren't stone-cold terrified amazes me. But then again, it kind of doesn't, because they just spent three years with God in bodily form. They'd just seen him nailed to a cross, and then they were overwhelmed by his presence. I, love that, I just love that Jesus is so cool. Hey, not only am I going to walk through the wall, but when I get here, I'm going to ask you for a piece of fish. During this, this in-between time, in between where Jesus shows up and then the Holy Spirit comes, Jesus is doing some of the coolest stuff. Um, he's running around and he's appearing to groups of two, five, fifty. He shows up one day on the beach and he says, hey, did you catch any fish? Now, I got to be honest with you. I love, I love the disciples. And I really, really love Peter. And the reason I love Peter is because Peter just is super slow on the uptake. And he makes me feel so normal. Because it's been all night long. No fish. Now, either Peter was just a really bad fisherman. Or he missed the coincidence that, what's going on? I didn't catch a single thing. And then there's this guy standing on the shore. Again. Catch anything? No. Throw your nets on the other side, and he still doesn't get it. And then the nets fill with water. And this is the thing that just amazes, or fills with fish. And he still doesn't get it until John says, it's our teacher. He's so excited, he jumps in the water and starts swimming to shore. Sometimes I have to ask myself, when was the last time I was that excited to spend time with Jesus? The reason Peter jumped out of the boat is because Jesus was real, 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 real. The reason they were so excited when, when the Holy Spirit showed up is because it was real. And so my question to you this morning and my invitation to you this morning is, how real do you really want this to be? And, and my friends, remember, we're saved by grace, not by works. This isn't a, oh, I better, I better notch up or Jesus is going to be disappointed in me. Th this is not an accusation. This is just an invitation. This morning, I want to invite you to just ask the Spirit, how real is real for me? And we're going to do this in a couple of ways. In a minute, we're going to stand and we're going to sing. Um, we're going to have folks who are just going to be off on the sides. And we've got chairs actually facing out, not in. If you would like to just ask somebody to pray with you this morning, maybe that's what asking what is real look like. We're going to have folks on both sides. They'd love to sit with you for a few minutes and, and pray while the rest of us just worship. If, if asking Jesus... How real is real means just sitting in your chair while everybody else sings and just talk to him. Talk to him like he's sitting right next to you because here's the little wonderful thing. Where two or more are gathered, I'm there too.
And when you gave your life to Jesus, if you've already given your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God actually already lives inside of you. So he's already there. But how real do you want real to be? Up here in this bowl, we've got candles. If you want to get one of those candles and, and light it and go back and sit at your seat while you, while you pray, we invite you to do that. Or if you want to take one home with you so that you and Jesus and the Spirit can spend some time alone. Whatever it is that works for you, we're going to set aside what's going to feel like about eight to ten minutes. And we're going to worship, and we're going to sing, we're going to pray together. All I'm asking you to do is to just be sensitive. Maybe the Spirit's going to move you to go over and, and hug somebody that you haven't seen in a while. We're, we are going to ask you to remember people are praying, so we're, we're not looking for three good minutes. But maybe one good hug. Just dwell with your Savior. Would you please stand with us?
Let your presence overtake my heart. I want to know you. Let your spirit overwhelm me. Let your presence overtake my heart. something, isn't it? Um, I really, truly pray that you were able to experience how deeply 
your Father loves you today. If you would just sit for a minute, we're going to talk for a couple of seconds and then we'll be out. But um, first, can everybody just roll your shoulders, relax. Because even though that was beautiful, it can be a little bit intense. And I want to make sure that we send you out today refreshed and filled. So if you would, just with me real quick. Deep breath. You know, it's not a coincidence that the word we use for breath and the word for spirit are the exact same word. Just feel the Holy Spirit move. We hope today was a great blessing for you. Would you please do me one favor, um, one kindness? If you experienced the Holy Spirit in a way that was very moving to you today, uh, would you mind just shooting me or Sarah or somebody on staff just a quick, quick email, quick text, and just say, wow, here's what happened. If, you, um, if the Spirit opened up something to you and you need prayer, but you're not the I go to the side and have everybody see me praying type, any of us, with the exception of Jordan, because, of course, he's, you know, suffering on an island off the coast of Scotland, but we would love to get together with you this week. I would love to sit down and have a coffee with you. If you'd like to meet with Sarah, please let her know. If you'd rather meet with Morgan, of course, we all know you'd rather meet with David, but that's a little harder because he's going to be in school. But we just want you to understand that, you know, when we say church is community, what we mean is community. Over and over and over again, Paul says, one another, love one another, serve one another, speak the truth in love to one another. So... I just want to create that atmosphere this week, this, this in-between week of one another. So if you need to talk, you want to celebrate, you've got joy, you've got something burdening you, or you just say, who is that person, and when is Jordan getting back? And you'd like to get a cup of coffee and just get to know me. I'd love to get to know you. That would be just so lovely. So a couple of things before we wrap up. Um, next week.